0: Grace to you and peace from our God and Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent and believe the gospel. That is the common message, the message that Jonah preached to the Ninevites. That is the message of John the baptizer when he came preaching in the wilderness. And that is the message of Jesus himself as we heard in the gospel lesson today. After John the baptizer was arrested... Proclamation of the good news continued through Jesus Himself. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. This message is for everybody, it covers the entire time of humanity. It started in the garden with Adam and Eve. See Genesis 3.15, if you want to read the very first gospel, the Proto-Evangelion, if you prefer the term that makes you seem really smart. It was, this message was for the Ninevites in 790 BC when Jonah preached it to them. Ninevites were pagans. They were pagan Gentiles, but it was for them. It was also for those in first century Palestine, who John the Baptizer and Jesus preached this to. It was for the disciples of Jesus, as well as for those who the disciples preached it to. Even right on down to our present day, as we proclaim the same message repent and believe the gospel. The message is for everybody. Not just time, but it also covers all nations. Jesus was preaching in Galilee. That was the edge of the Jewish territories. That was a mixture of Jews and Gentiles there. The message of the gospel reached the coastlands. Remember that word, coastlands, which it reached in the proclamation that Jesus made in Galilee. And it continues to spread even further from there. This message is for everybody, both the sinner and the righteous. The wickedness in Nineveh was great, as in there was a lot of wickedness. Could God possibly save a people who were so mired in sin? Jonah knew the answer. That's why he didn't want to go. The answer is yes. God can save even the wicked Ninevites. After Jonah preached to them, they repented, they put on sackcloth, they fasted, they were converted, and they came to faith. And God relented and did not destroy Nineveh. Now Nineveh, this city, could have gone the way of Sodom and Gomorrah. But no, God had to intervene, had to work in them repentance and forgiveness. Now, we read from, uh, we actually read Jonah uh, Jonah chapter 3. If you continue reading into the next chapter, chapter 4, this is what you would read. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, is not this what I said? when I was yet in my country, that this is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, in other words, not to go to Nineveh, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. He was confessing to God, I knew that you would save them if I preached the word. That's why I didn't want to go preach it to them because they're awful people, not deserving of hearing it. But ultimately... He had to confess that God uh, would save. Could, God does save. He knew that God saved, and that was the right thing. The same message was brought. The same message that was brought to these wicked Ninevites was also brought, brought to these righteous Jews. Oh, they weren't wicked like the Ninevites. Think about the rich young ruler. All of this I have kept from my youth, and Jesus said, "Help." Oh, oh. Excuse me, okay. Well, it's just one more thing you've got to do. And then you, will, you can say you've kept the law. There will always be one more thing, by the way. But anyway, this same message was brought to the righteous Jews. You know, those righteous Jews who re- re- rejected John the Baptizer. Those righteous Jews who rejected Jesus, the Messiah. But their rejection of the message does not make the offer that was made any less sincere. The gospel is genuine forgiveness to all who believe, both Jew and Gentile. Now, of all people who should believe, who should have believed, the Jews would be the foremost. Some didn't believe, even though pagan Gentiles believed, but they still didn't believe. I think in in part it's because forgiveness was given to pagan Gentiles that they refused to believe. They hardened their hearts because they wanted to keep this to themselves. They preferred to trust in their own righteousness, some sort of righteousness that that they bring about by their own keeping of the law. They, they took pride in that. Oh no, I'm, I'm saved because I do all the right things. That's what saves me. And here these uh, you know, pagan Gentiles come along and they get offered the same salvation where they haven't kept the kosher law and they haven't kept the Sabbath and they haven't done all these things. And God says, yes, my grace reaches to the ends of the earth. It speaks speaks to, to them. I think we should also consider ourselves in light of those first century Jews, just like they were God's chosen people, those of us that are within the church are also chosen by God. With the church, within the church, you hear the word of promise, you are washed of your sins in baptism, and receive the promised Holy Spirit. Does that mean that you don't need to hear the words repent and believe? You might even say, I've already done that. I've already been saved. Yet, consider Martin Luther's first thesis statement. The first one of his 95 theses, the famous 95 theses he nailed to the church castle door in, in Wittenberg. When our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, repent. He called for the entire life of believers to be one of penitence. Does that mean that even you who are chosen among God's elect have a need to repent? I'm a pastor. Does that mean I have to repent? Yes. The message is timeless and the message is universal. You have sinned. I'll ask you have you sinned lately? You don't have to raise your hand, but I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah, you have. So you need to repent and believe. And that's why we're going to be introducing a new Bible study that's entitled, 10 Steps to Repenting and Believing. This will provide the necessary steps that one must take in order to will themselves into repentance. Repent and to will themselves into believing. All right, that is a joke. No, we are not having that type of Bible study. You know, this is not something that is apprehended by the will of man. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. That is Paul from 1 Corinthians 2.14. Your human will cannot force repentance Nor reach out and grab hold of faith on your own. But what you can do is listen. Open your ears and listen. Repent and believe the gospel. You know some of your sin. You can repent. Just the the sin that you know, because you don't know it all, but just the sin that you know is enough for a guilty verdict. Just the minor infraction is enough for a guilty verdict. When God speaks to you through his word and shows you your sin, don't turn away. When the accuser comes and says, you did this awful, vile thing, our confidence is not found in ourselves. We don't listen to that and say, Well, uh, I was right to do it because the ends justify the means and I had this other reason why that was okay to do that. No. No. Repent and believe. Repent and believe the gracious promise of God that that sin is wiped away for the sake of Jesus Christ. That's the daily penitence that Luther is referring to in that first thesis. It's to own it, to own that and to say that's my sin and yet Jesus took my sin and took it away. That's part one. Just acknowledging that, that that's a sin. Now part two is believe the gospel. Believe it. That Jesus Christ died for your sins, that He made atonement that for His sake you are forgiven completely, utterly, totally, as far as the East is from the West, sins washed away. You are spotless, sinless before your Heavenly Father. Uh, How on earth could we begin to achieve that sort of righteousness on our own? And yet, that's the righteousness that He gives us as a gift. That's the gospel. That's the thing that we are called to believe. That is really what it is, what means the kingdom of of God is believing that, is being brought into that community, into that, that faith. And that's worked by God's word. He works that through his word in us. Now, Simon, Andrew, James, and John all heard these words and believed. Jesus said, I will make you become fishers of men. He wasn't lying. They did become fishers of men. The evidence is that we're here right now hearing his word, hearing the gospel, having faith and believing that God's words of of promise are true. This has been taken to the very ends of the earth. And no, this isn't an admonition to go out and, and be an evangelist. Are all called to evangelism? No. That's what Paul says. No, not all are called to that. But at the same time, when you have this good news, what do you do? Keep it all bottled up? Oh, I don't, I don't, want, to tell anyone about, I don't want to tell anyone about this wonderful news of forgiveness, of everlasting life that I have in Christ. No. No. At the same time, we're always ready to give a defense for the hope that is within us. So this is a call not to be an evangelist, not first and foremost. This is a call to do exactly what he said. Don't overcomplicate it. Repent and believe the gospel. Let God's word work repentance and faith in you.